You are now listening to Sanity at the Movies Anti-Woke Masterpiece Edition. The podcast, not the movie we're talking about. <laughs> I'm making a little fun of the Federalist. Because they said, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the anti-woke masterpiece we didn't know we needed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... Didn't he say it was the best Marvel movie of all time or right up there? He was. He was it was right up was, there. Wallop, not walloping on, not dolloping on either. He was lavish with his praise, shall we say. He was lavish here. Let's see. Yeah, the best MCU film since Endgame. <laughs> hmm. Let's see, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to adjust my monocle, but. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It features, did you know, Nathan, that this movie features themes of sacrifice? What? Tox- toxic femininity, or fem- sorry, <laughs> toxic femininity, and even the undead, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> wow, even the undead. Yeah, I think Aristotle said those were the three themes of storytelling in his poetics. <laughs> Sacrifice, toxic femininity. Femininity. And, <laughs> and the undead. And the undead. <laughs> even the undead. Ca- some little copy editing. A little copy might editing. Be needed. Never hurt. Well, we didn't say this Proof was the anti- Spelling masterpiece. We said this was the anti-woke masterpiece. Mm, cool. <sighs> oh, man. I don't know. Ben, why don't you tell us what else The Federalist says? That's a fun way to start this episode. I'm not even going to tell us huh? who we tell people who we are, what this show is, before you do it. Oh, just what else this article says? Yeah. This yeah. Is, it's like the sure. pre-credits sequence. Mm. You tell us what the article um, says. Exactly. And then everyone will be like, oh, no, what are they going to do to respond <laughs> to this article? And then the, mar- the logo will come up. We'll heroically respond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll respond. You're the only one seen it. That's true. <laughs> Let's see. Quote, that Strange 2 ended up being so original is nothing short of a miracle. Unquote. Uh, let's see. Dun, dun, dun. That was, that was pretty cool. He's talking, by the way, about how they fired Scott Derrickson for being too original and wanting to do something original. And then Sam Raimi got to be fully original. Yeah. Yep. Let's see. But why is it an anti-woke masterpiece? That's what I want to know. It just doesn't it really say anything. It makes the claim at the top, but it doesn't actually say anything. No, it doesn't substantiate yeah. its it, claim. It just says the toxic femininity or <laughs> femininity. <laughs> Raimi will make you fall in love with superhero films all over again. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that explains the palpitations in my heart it's after a, it's I got a, out of that thing. I, this is a slang that I don't understand, but it's a fully thrush action film and a light horror flick, a trip down the multiverse rabbit hole where anything is possible. Thrush. Is that... I tried to find out what it meant. I, I'm, not, I'm not clear. It maybe have a vague, vaguely sexual connotation. I'm, I'm just not clear what, this, what that means. Let's see. Instead of featuring woke nonsense, the film delivers artistically worthwhile themes like the moral cost of sacrifice. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, so maybe it's just what he perceives to be the absence of, maybe it's anti-woke simply because it isn't going out of its way in his view to force its wokeness down your throat. Okay, but let me, let me talk about that because, all right, dun, 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 now I'm responding. A, we have the they, they go out of their way to make sure that we show that America Chavez has two moms in the multiverse, like her whole tragic backstory. From the planet of women, right? Right. Is that well? They didn't. They don't even really emphasize that. What they emphasize is just two moms. Two moms. Yeah. yeah. We see a little flashback where she accidentally zaps her two moms into the another multiverse or something like that because she's a multiverse hopper kind of person. So there's that. 
There's the fact that uh, spoilers, by the way, there's a fact, the fact that when we get our big humorous mashup of characters, what am I trying to say? When we get the, the people, All the, cameos. the cameos, that's the word I'm looking for. When we get the cameos, you got Krasinski as Mr. Reed Richards, Reed Mr. Richards, Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. You got Patrick uh, Stewart. I'm going to take Dr. Charles. I'm going to do this for you. And uh, I've not seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Charles. Patrick Stewart, pa- Patrick it's not Stewart. as easy as it looks, is it, Jake? I had it, and then you got, I lost You got it, yeah. Charles <laughs> as playing the role of Patrick <laughs> Xavier. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And then you've got this guy playing this character named Black Bolt that nobody cares about from Inhumans. And then you've got Peggy, what's, Carter. Peggy Carter, whatever it's that Captain actress's Britain. name, uh, coming out. And she she looks exactly like she does in the What If TV show. She's all like got massive shoulders and stuff. And then you've got... I don't know if it was Monica Rambo, some multiverse. I don't know. You got Black Lady superhero that's famous for something. She's Captain Marvel. She's Captain Marvel. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I just don't even remember the lore or the actor as well enough. I think I think it was supposed to be actually uh, Brie Larson's counterpart. So we've got. I think I think Monica Rambo. I'm going to get my Rambos confused, mm-hmm. but Monica is the one that is like Photon or something dumb like that from WandaVision. Right. And then mm-hmm. her mom, Maria. I think we had Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel. Hmm. Well, anyway, when Wanda comes, evil Wanda comes and has to face off against these people, basically we introduce them. We have about three minutes of them giving exposition and some fan servicey kind of it's patrick stewart and i think the theme from the x-men animated series plays in the background wow. is what i read somewhere not that i recognized it personally but so the, so you have the fan servicey stuff and then wanda shows up and she starts fighting them and humorously black bolt dies immediately in a pretty gory fashion very sam raimi kind of just like haha black bolt sucks and then and inhumans was a show that everybody hated so it it actually sort of it worked as a sick joke, but then they do the same sick joke with none other than Charles Xavier. Wanda s- sneaks up behind him and snaps the neck of frail eighty year old looking <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> Stewart. Patrick Stewart. I mean, it was either intentionally or unintentionally pretty funny. I'm laughing as I remember, just because it's like in such poor taste. I thought, and then. Krasinski, he runs at her and tries to stretch or something, and Wanda does Wanda powers, and he just basically turns into gory. It's not gory, I guess, but it's just unpleasant. He turns into string cheese, basically, like he just his body just goes everywhere. And so the three male characters are immediately humorously dispatched, just like. And then we have an extended fight scene where Peggy Carter and whoever Captain Marvel, the two women, both die also, but they get the dignity of. Getting able okay. to hang with with uh, Wanda for a little bit. Right, and having a cool action scene. What, what you would expect, like what anyone of any sense would give Krasinski if you're setting up. Especially since they've since announced that he has the role of Reed Richards in our corner of the MCU. Right, but, but I felt... On our Earth or whatever that means. If they're going to still try to service some of these characters and introduce somebody like Krasinski, they could have at least given him a little bit of dignity... Yeah, 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 but they didn't, and it just felt like, and between doing that to Black Bolt, Xavier, and Krasinski, it just felt like, well, you just hate men. You can't afford to do the sick joke of killing off the women. You have to give them. And it's like, no, the audience was actually here for 
a five minute Krasinski fan service scene, not for a five minute Peggy Carter. Right. And especially, and actually Peggy Carter goes down pretty Peggy quickly. Peggy Carter hasn't too. been, uh, none of those guys have been trending on, none of those gals have been trending on Twitter, but Krasinski and Xavier and Patrick Stewart and Reed Richards, those have all been things that have been trending on Twitter because people care about those characters. Right. And they care about the idea of, they care about Mr. Fantastic and Reed Richards. They care about, they like John Krasinski. They like the idea. It's been a fan service thing for a long time of Krasinski playing Reed Richards. And everybody's been geeked about trying to bring Charles Xavier back into the multiverse and Patrick Stewart and any number of, whether it's whatever iterations. I never watched any of those. I watched the first X-Men movies. I think it's the only right. one I've seen. But whether it's uh, Michael Fassbender's uh, Magneto or Ian McKellen's, Ian McKellen's Magneto. Right. Or so, I think Hugh Jackman's been pretty clear that he's done, right? But Yeah, but, yeah, but Jackman's Wolverine for Jackman's sure Wolverine has been another sure. one that people have been mm-hmm. interested to see if they would pull in. Yeah. Yeah. Or excited. Would, or, and then they, they also teased what's his face and used him in WandaVision, Quicksilver. Oh, Evan Peters. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But what you guys don't understand is that, quote, <laughs> instead of a story about how impossibly perfect the female characters are and how awful the men, we get a conflicted hero, a naive and a scared teenager hero. in over her head. Oh, wow. And a damaged woman who turns her deep feelings of love for her lost children into an unholy crusade to get what is hers at the cost of everything and everyone else, unquote. So I don't want to insult the intelligence of this writer, but... If he's so dumb, maybe I do. I do. I do. If he's so dumb that he thinks just simply having a female villain equates to anti-wokeness. If he's so sexist, actually. If he's like, well, they're all, they, I'm so tired of them making women strong. Let's make women bad. Like, <laughs> that's the answer. And then overpower them to absurdity. Yeah. Which is the other thing that has to have happened. I mean, in, in what world is Wanda able to just mow through Charles Xavier and Reed Richards and... It didn't track with any of the other movies. It didn't track with WandaVision. It was completely... They they went really dark and really big and really scary with her. She takes on the entire enclave of Hogwarts or whatever where... uh, Carmartage. Yeah, Carmartage and just blows it to the ground and kills a bunch of people and is messing in people's heads and uh, doing all kinds of crazy Sam Raimi stuff and one of the better sequences of the movie. I enjoyed all that a great deal. I mean, it it was fun to see a super powered Wanda just being mean actually. But Again, to say, and it's been, I guess this guy thinks it's anti-woke because she's doing it for mommy for reasons, mommy or? reasons. But I mean, you could argue just as easily that we're casting the one person with any maternal feelings as a psychopath. I mean, I'm not saying that that's yep. a great argument, but I'm also saying he's doesn't have a great argument either. Actually, the movie just doesn't care one way or another about maternity or anything else. It just has its random Marvel plot points that. It wants to... Or any kind of morality, right? Yeah, well, this movie... So, what's the... This phase has been Shang-Chi, this... Eternals. Eternals. Black Widow. Black mm-hmm. Widow, and, and one other thing, Spider-Man, maybe. No Way Home. Yeah, and it's just fascinating how all those movies are, I mean, to use my phrase, aggressively ritual decoupled from meaning. Like, there's just... None of those movies have have clear bad, clear good, clear goals, 
they're just a collection of scenes that you can watch where things happen, personalities morph as they need to within a movie in order to accommodate the plot. It -hmm. feels like the worst of what I always hated about comic books, which is they just kept going and the guy that you were used to being the villain would suddenly be the hero next week. And now Magneto's working with the Avengers. And I don't mind tracking those kinds of psychological things over time. But if com- but comic books always would go long enough and have enough writers that at the end of the day, it'd just be like, well, actually, any of these characters can be anything you want at any time to service any story. And it just, yeah. you don't have any stakes. And that's what all these Marvel movies, Spider-Man's probably the best of them just because I think it has a little bit more quality control. I mean, it's Spider-Man and... Spider-Man kind of carries his own heft or whatever. He just has his own clear arc. Right. Well, Spider-Man's sort of- enough of a character just as a legacy character that Mm -hmm. you you can't he's not as malleable right like he has there are certain things about peter parker in any universe that you just have to maintain certain things about spider-man that you just have to maintain whereas it makes him an anchor point sort of from a character emotional standpoint yeah yeah exactly he's got enough of his own built-in mythology that it's hard to completely divorce him from an actual story. Whereas Doctor Strange is like the first Doctor Strange movie. He was kind of a Tony Stark type character. Also, even maybe a little goofier. Like he was really pretty, pretty silly in that movie. <laughs> and then probably my favorite take of Doctor Strange is just his appearance in the Endgame duology. He's he's pretty good in that. As but he's again he's just kind of a another sarcastic Marvel guy. Yep. Just more aloof. Than yeah, Stark. A, a little bit more aloof and a little bit more calculating. I mean, his big thing is that he spends those movies calculating and then is his calculation going to pay off? And then in this movie, he's kind of somber and serious and playing into the aloof and very business-like and brusque with the the girl and stuff. And it, it just doesn't feel like anybody have, has ever actually sat down and thought like, who is this character that we are paying millions of dollars to this top star to play? Like, what what is he actually supposed to play and maybe in retrospect they never did that for tony stark either but robert downey jr was putting so much of himself into the role and bringing so much to it that he could make everything track yeah well no because just go watch that first iron man movie and you have a very well-defined tony stark yeah it's not so much that he's isn't well-defined there as that suddenly in civil war he's this and we've we've got the big arc which is he's becoming but a father you've built figure so much yeah yeah you've got you've, you you built so much into who he is and his character and let robert downey jr sort of define that right that there's a lot to play with and work with and then there's the bigger arc that mostly tracks you know we reset it three times mm-hmm. right and and Chris Evans actually same deal not because he's has the same strong personality <laughs> but just because he looks like Captain America he brings Captain America energy he can't help it he just looks like a boy scout but Benedict Cumberbatch is actually for all his popularity as Sherlock a pretty malleable actor that mm-hmm. can do different things depending on mm-hmm. what you want him to do especially when he's acting outside of his native accent kind of doing a a house accent and he could do three or four different Doctor Stranges and he's asked to do all of them, not because somebody has some grand, big, multifaceted idea of the character, but just because they've never really decided who Doctor Strange is. 
So I've never actually given my big picture thoughts. I did see this movie. We've decided with some of the blockbusters that we're we're going to draw straws, basically, because <laughs> there's just no reason for us to all see these things. I'm sorry if that's... Just, they're just not good, or they're not going to be good, or they're not going to... I mean... We're not going to get long podcasts out we, of them, for one we, thing. We, like, we may hit something on accident and be like, oh, guys... This was actually a masterpiece. We all should see it and comment on Or this was bad in a new and interesting way. They finally are scraping a different part of the bottom of the barrel, and let's all see it so we can talk about it. Yeah, but and we're basically sending one of us on a scouting mission. Yes. And then we'll talk about it here, and we'll bring back his report of the Philistines and... Right, and then we can decide whether to invade the, the country <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh I don't know. Every a lot of people are praising this movie as something. So, so, so to be clear, Nathan saw this movie, and Ben and I have not seen ben it. And, yes, a little bit similar to what we did with the Grumble, Grumbledore, Grumbledore, and Grumbledore, the, and the, and the, and the Northman. So we we just we did that by accident, and then we thought, wait a second, why don't we do that on purpose? Some that of the wasn't time? so bad. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. That was right. Why that allows us to see more of what's coming out with, or talk about more of what's coming out without feeling like we have to make a decision to have a big investment in it and feeling like we're somehow endorsing it by all going and seeing it. Right. And uh, yeah. And it just takes the pride. Like, asking oh, you to see it with us. Let's go see Jurassic Park Dominion and then do a two hour podcast on it. A lot of people are praising this movie. A lot of people are saying it's Sam Raimi brings a lot to it. I like Sam Raimi. I like his visual style. I like his kind of gonzo craziness. And the fact that as people say, the camera is always the main character in a Sam Raimi film. I mean, in those Spider Spider Man two, the the sequence of uh, Doc Ock uh, mm-hmm. waking up, like that kind of just stuff. I, I love his goofy, hard on the sleeve sincerity, especially in this Marvel current age of snark. It's refreshing to go back to the Spider Man movies and remember how kind of silly they were without without seeming to have particular disdain for Tobey Maguire and Kristen. What's her face? Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. The Sorry, folks, my coffee is really not kicking in today. Uh, they seem to have affection, but also have enjoy sort of just beating them up. And I don't know. I like Sam Raimi. That's the point. It's a nice balance of sincerity and camp. And yeah, you know, but it all seems sincerely meant. It's not the kind of camp that's like mad at Spider-Man or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or mad at people who like Spider-Man. Right. Right. <laughs> And I just like the cheesy old comic book, like 1940s and 50s comic book optimism of those movies. I like the sort of worldview of everybody actually secretly likes Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson has a heart of gold after everything. And all the villains are actually misunderstood somehow. You know, I wouldn't want every movie to be like that. I don't think that's an accurate picture of the depravity of man. But I like that the Spider-Man movies are like that. And I think Superman modern iterations of Superman could learn a few things. Anyway, this movie, I just sat there and I was pretty bored. I did not really understand what people meant when they said Sam Raimi was able to bring a lot of his touches. There are a lot of fun little sequences, but they're small. And I don't know. I just felt like, okay, yes, Michelangelo did a better job of filling in this coloring book than... Hmm. Uh, a fourth Picasso. grade then yeah <laughs> well it's like you usually you have fourth graders filling in this color book and you gave this one to michelangelo and it's the best coloring book i've ever seen but it's still a coloring book like still he a paint by numbers it's kit. still paint by numbers paint by numbers kit he could not actually uh, the analogy i actually thought of is you remember that stupid cats movie jake that we had to watch for oh the world the goodness. world remembers that movie yeah. so remember how ian mckellen had a little scene in it 
playing a cat, maybe you don't. Maybe you block the whole thing out. But I've blocked most of it out, but I have a vague memory of Ian McKellen being in the movie. Yeah. And he knocks it out of the park. It's actually a really affecting scene because Ian McKellen is just simply that good. Are you happy that Ian McKellen is in Cats? Is Ian McKellen capable of saving Cats? No. But is Ian McKellen so good that his scene does have some interest? Yes. That's kind of how I felt about Sam Raimi doing this movie. Yes, he does actually elevate. There's a couple of really fun action scenes and he he ladles on the horror stuff in a way that Marvel hasn't really done. It's mostly in a fun, good, good-natured, humorous kind of jump scare kind of way yeah but would i say that if i had taken my three of my kids to go see it no i think 13 film i I think you'd probably be pretty disappointed uh, in marvel for i suspect i'd be angry yeah yeah it's pretty the way that i was with how they did some of those things just in wandavision which probably pale in comparison to what they did and yeah if anybody thought that wandavision was creepy although wandavision had more actual creepiness like she's just standing in the neighborhood and that something's wrong and you don't know what it is but but in terms of the jump scares and the corpse stuff in wandavision this this goes way farther so yeah i mean i read a review that said people are praising Raimi, but wouldn't it be nice if Raimi was the chef instead of the guy that brought in that was brought in to add a dollop of flavor and it's like, yeah, if if you're going to see a Marvel movie, it's nice to have somebody add a dollop of flavor, but... Sam Raimi runs the best McDonald's kitchen you could hope to find. Yeah, well, here's another analogy. In in, in Bloomington, <laughs> yeah. where we live, there's, there's the town of Bedford nearby. And Bloomington had a Golden Corral that everybody made fun of. But then people would say, you got to go to the Golden Corral in Bedford. It's... It's great. They they run it so well. It's the best Golden Corral you'll ever go to. And finally, I listened for some silly reason and went to the Golden Corral in Bedford. And lo and behold, it was the best run Golden Corral I'd ever been to. It turns out, though, <laughs> it was still Golden Corral. It was Corral. Golden Corral. Yeah. <laughs> it was not that much more golden than any other corral I'd been to because there's only so much you can do to polish the gold on a Golden Corral. So that's my review in miniature there is the two moms thing it's very short i mean it, it it was almost disappointing to me in a weird way how pathetic these disney people are still like they want to talk a big game about bringing lgbt values and every time one of these movies come out they they claim they're gonna they're, they're doing something but then they always put it in the background and an easily and it's nice. I mean, I guess it's it's one of the reasons we still see those movies. But part of me is just like, just do it if you're going to do it. Like, stop wasting my time playing around with doing one scene, you know, like the Star Wars, the, the kiss at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's not disappointing. I'm, I'm listening to myself talk and I'm like, well, maybe it's nice that they still have to be that that hypocritical. I guess I don't know what it is, but it's it's interesting to observe that we are still at a place where they are paying talking such a big game about all this stuff but th- they still have to kind of put I, it in the background i i think i think you're <clears throat> you're irritated that it's clearly political instead of artistic <laughs> or something i don't know that's not that's dumb yeah but, you could almost have more respect for chloe what's her name the eternals lady who actually just believes this stuff that it's it's yeah. disappointing to see somebody like <laughs> Raimi shove it in the background just to make a point Eternals, at least, you can be like, I don't know, see that trash. Right, exactly. I, I, maybe, that's, maybe that's some of it. I don't I, know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Questions, comments, concerns? I really don't have anything else to say about this movie. I have had no interest 
whatsoever in continuing anything with the MCU since... I mean, I never saw Black Widow. I watched WandaVision and Loki. We watched Shang-Chi because we decided to. Yeah, did we even do that for a podcast? Yeah, I guess we did. Yeah, we did it. I think that's the reason we did it. Pretty sure it's the reason we did it. And it was because we wanted to see if there was actual good action and if Marvel could assimilate the the genre. But, I mean, apart from the Spider-Man movie, which you saw for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, I just don't... So my question is, should I bother? No, I mean, I'm not happy that I did. Like There, there was... What, what I told Ben uh, when we were talking about it the other day is there's three or four Raimi sequences that are fun and those will quickly rise to the top on YouTube and you can just watch them. I'll tell you exactly. There's a music fight that you'll hear people talk about where they use musical notes against each other. And it's just kind of fun. Like as, as Dr. Strange summons musical notes, we hear bits and pieces of different classical scores and stuff. So it's just clever. There's Wanda's attack on Hogwarts, whatever that place is called is pretty fun. And, but I mean, that's about it. I mean, the eyeball monster that we've all probably seen the trailers for was okay. I was, I was honestly pretty, pretty disappointed like, and in, in, uh, I, I thought maybe there'd, there'd be more like Shang-Chi, I think for me at least had more Shang-Chi was a movie that didn't hang together either, but it had three or four really strong sequences. Had the bus sequence at the scaffolding sequence. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that really stand out. But those were mm-hmm. long extended yep. fun sequences that were worth going they back were fun. to. Yeah. The, especially in theaters, the scaffolding one was pretty exhilarating for me, just the heights of it all. Mm-hmm was well done. Like they used the heights, they used the scaffolding and they choreographed around a bus. Uh, the bus was cool too. And, and it's sort of Jackie Chan way, but yeah. But I don't know. Can we talk about the fact that we just watched Jaws? Yeah. Because I had forgotten that I liked movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched Jaws and uh, it was just like, I really like a good movie. When somebody tells has like a story <laughs> that they want to tell and Char- scenes. characters uh. and scenes and details and it's just like so much of, it's just a perfectly crafted movie in every possible way and it's got some like we'll talk about this too. I forgot all about the opening sequence Man, and I had never seen it. I oh, I well, seen I the think, TV edit. Well, yeah, you've seen the TV edit, you know, or I, you've seen it not in 4K. Yeah, HD really uh, makes a difference with that right. sequence. Yeah, oh, I didn't even and think so about even that. if you had seen it, like... First uh, time I saw it on video, and I, I remembered it, but I thought nothing of it, because it's just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's all out of focus. It's shadowy. And, yeah. uh-huh. But that's not the way it plays. It's not the way it plays in 4K. Yeah. So I didn't... That caught me by surprise, but accepting that scene, man, it's just such a good movie. It's such a good movie. <laughs> well, it's like Marvel is a bunch of the, like the mayor and his cohorts yammering and Jaws is Quint with his uh, fingernails. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know my price. But, it, but, but, <laughs> but it's, but it's like there's a movie or there's a collection of scenes mm-hmm. and I just, uh, who, who wants to bother with sifting through to see a couple of cool scenes when yeah, well, well the other thing is it's like we're so malnourished that we'll cling on to anything that has any caloric value so like the music scene that i just mentioned it's probably 
a minute or two minutes tops. The Wanda scene goes on and on where she's attacking the compound, but there's probably like three or four little little pockets of inspiration. And then there's a lot of Marvel people floating around with the typical light show that we get. So, the, the, no, I wouldn't bother seeing this movie. If you do, I think you'll get you'll get a handful of good sequences. You'll get a terrific Elizabeth Olsen performance. I mean, they hand her a, a nothing script where it's like mostly play a dark witch psychopath, but then when we want you to play all the pain of WandaVision, which by the way they never mentioned Vision, which just felt in weird. This is stupid. Yeah, it's just like they don't care about these characters. They don't care about continuity. They care about the fact that there is a version of Vision flying around in our own yeah like what the real wanda would it, the wanda that we understood from wanda vision would at be least, tracking down that version of vision to at least figure him out this wanda like like i cannot emphasize how much they don't connect the dots with her character at, at the end of wanda vision it's like she's really sorry for what she did she's she knows she has these great powers she knows she's a little psychotic she goes off to retreat and get better i mean that's basically and monica says well we understand you were in a lot of pain or something and, and that's how we're supposed to feel about it and that's how the character's supposed to feel about it right yep. am i remembering yep. that right uh-huh. no, that's exactly right we, we're supposed to at the end of that show just sort of glaze over the fact that she enslaves and kept the whole city hostage right for the duration of the show because she was she had trauma and she didn't know what she was doing but maybe she did, but also she didn't. And so she feels the weight and gravity of it. She goes away to be by herself and to hopefully never do anything like that again while trying to figure out if there's a way to get those kids back. So in this movie, Dr. Strange is like, I could use some help with this girl that has these multiverse problems. I'm going to go see Wanda. So he goes to see her in her idyllic little retreat, her apple orchard. And and they have a nice little scene. And then she's like, by the way, though, actually, I'm the one that sent the monsters after the girl. And then she snaps her fingers and the apple orchard turns out to just be an illusion. And it turns into like <laughs> Mordor or something like she's surrounded by <laughs> a dark, black, blasted heath kind of looking stuff. Maybe some lava even. And she's like, now I'm evil. And then she's just, and then she's like, give me the girl. And Dr. Strange is like, you'll kill her. And she's like, yes, I will. If it gets me what I want. And if you understood children or something, you know, if you understood my motivations as a character, then you'd be sympathetic to this. But I'm going to raise Hogwarts to the ground if you you don't, (laughs) by tonight, if you don't give me, if you don't give me the girl so I can kill her. (laughs) And then. Hogwarts goes and gets their defenses and then Wanda comes floating out of a black cloud with red eyes and she's just evil Wanda for the next hour and I don't know like the it's like they just don't care about character at all about psychology that we can track like it just it's just whatever plays for the the scene in question I mean it would be like if the fellowship of the ring ended with come on Sam I'm a little tempted by the ring but Let's go on an adventure. And then the next one, Frodo was like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) the ring has corrupted me. (laughs) I mean, really, it was like that. (laughs) It it would be about like that. I mean, it is just like, it's, it's befuddling. I don't know. 
And Scott Derrickson apparently quit because of the Wanda stuff. He was just like, oh, you want me to make a Wanda movie? Well, I wanted to make Doctor Strange too. Uh, Why don't we call this the Scarlet Witch? Yeah. And I, like I said, Elizabeth Olsen does a great job with what's given her. She's a really scary villain. And seeing her flex her Scarlet Witch powers and murdering people with them is, is pretty fun, I guess villain wise i mean it's about it's it's kind of like we had two different x-men movies try and do dark phoenix and just fail miserably uh, this this was actually kind of a cool version of that sort of thing but in a story that we don't care about with characters that we don't care about rushing through a bunch of stuff that we don't care about the america character the america chavez character that you've heard so much about the, the MacGuffin girl we spend maybe two minutes setting her up like she she's introduced in an action scene she's being menaced by the eyeball monster dr strange saves her and then he sits down for pizza they rush through some exposition maybe three or four minutes of exposition and then they're off and running and it, it's just it I, I won't i won't keep repeating things and saying the same things it's there's there's no real interesting criticism to make of this movie besides it's just very befuddling befuddling in a way that feels aggressive in a way that feels borderline malicious like we want to train our audience not to expect a story but just just to expect individual moments i mean it's it's crossed the line now that we've had three or four of these movies it's crossed the line from oh we think our this is what our audience wants to we're actually inculcating this in our audience like we we for whatever dark postmodern weird reasons want our audience not to have a story that they can track with. We want them to just feel random things in random scenes that don't track with other scenes. Hypnotizing everybody to be malleable and easily manipulated. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't like for this podcast to stray too much into Hollywood as just a cabal of conspiracy stuff, but it just feels more and more like there's no cogent, logical reason why you'd make a movie like this. Like, why not write a story? At a certain point, you have to ask, like, why not? It would have been easier to write a story that made more sense than this. It took work to make the story this insensible. Yeah, fragmented, insensible, and rushed. And, like, anyway. Doctor Strange. Ben, ask me how many, I don't know, come up with some token of... (laughs) (laughs) And then assign a random number. (laughs) How many sling rings? (laughs) <laughs> this is a Doctor Strange movie, after all, so the sling rings are important. Oh, man, what's my number? How, how many multiverses out of a billion <laughs> do you give Doctor Strange? Oh, I don't know, ten. <laughs> ten. I, 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 I was talking with my my friend, our, our mutual is friend. Is Wong at least funny? Does he get some funny? Lines? No, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme. He's very serious the whole time. Oh, this is movie he... is for for being a Raimi movie. It has some really funny kind of twisted monster oh you thought the monster was dead but then he went rah one more time and the whole audience screams and laughs it does have a couple of those kinds of things that Raimi's really good at but in terms of like the characters being charming or funny it's just really somber and takes itself pretty seriously and but do we get the whoever that woman is that Dr. Strange is supposed to have been in love with that we forgot about for five years yes some of that yes she's back and What's her name again? Carol or? I don't know. Rachel McAdams. Mm. <laughs> Rachel McAdams is pretty great. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you just hate to the fact that, I mean, we're, we'll talk about it in Jaws. I mean, it's Jaws's fault. Jaws created this industry, but also, man, 
they used to write stories for these people. You used to be able to spend 50 million to give Rachel McAdams like an okay. <sighs> you used to not just have these things and then really, really small budget things. Yeah. There used to be such a thing as a mid budget comedy and a mid budget drama or action movie. Well, I figured that they would have to bring her in to bring some kind of emotional counterbalance to the mommy narrative. Well, so we start with Dr. Strange attending her wedding. She's marrying somebody else, some doofus. And Dr. Strange is like, I'm sorry, I didn't make it work between us. And she's like, it never would have worked between us, Dr. Strange. Oh, so then he gets to find out in the multiverse that, in fact, it never would have worked or it would have worked, in, but only under these horrible circumstances where half the universe is snapped away. Or- well, he goes to the multiverse that has, uh, what's his face, like Reed Richards, all those people. And she actually works for them as an important scientist lady who studies the multiverse. And so she's like, I'm mad at you because this version's Doctor Strange went bad and we had to put him down. But And he's like, but I'm pretty great and I love you in every universe, lady. And yeah, I mean, she... <laughs> I love you in every universe. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the line. Yeah, that's, the, that's the line, of course. That's the line. <laughs> I don't know. Rachel McAdams is a good actress. She, she does a lot with a little. Everybody does a lot with a little. There's nobody that you walk away feeling like didn't try. It's It's just... Why does the nurse or whatever, the cardiologist, end up being the multiverse expert? Because, because in this we needed her to be appear. there so that we could have some emotional... It's, it's really goofy. So that we could set up, I love you in every universe. Yeah, I mean, suddenly she's like an important multiverse person and she's wearing like a, a, <laughs> a bodysuit, kind of like a superhero spandex kind of thing. And it's like, oh, well, I guess we just needed something for Rachel McAdams to do. I actually felt okay about that. I was like, you know what? You have Rachel McAdams cashing a check. You, you got to figure out something. They, they they handled her better than Natalie Portman ever got in the Thor movies. Let's put it that way. Until Thor Love and Thunder where she gets to be the mighty Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever that happens. We'll see who picks that straw. Actually, we already know, but I don't remember who picked it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I, I thought it might be. All right. Well, folks, I'm sorry if you wanted a more extended episode where we said all the same things just longer, but that's all there is to say about Doctor Strange. Elizabeth Olsen's really great. If there's any reason to see the movie, it's because she's just a good actress, but you can see all that in WandaVision. And you can see it in what all this leads to for her because she's had a pretty incredible 15 months or however long it's been. Yeah. Everybody knows that she's got chops now. Yep. She's the good Olsen twin, or she's not an Olsen twin. She's That's the good right. Olsen sister. All right. Well, I'll tell you who's not a good Olsen sister, but a great guy or a lady. I'm not sure who. I don't have their name pulled up yet. It's our Patron Choice Award. Oh, it's, it is a lady, and but not an Olsen sister, I don't think. It's a Patron Choice Award of awesomeness, Jacqueline. What makes Jacqueline so great, Ben? <laughs> Jacqueline is like a real person. With real motivations and a coherent backstory mm-hmm. and uh, someone, you know, you can relate to, unlike anyone in the new Doctor Strange movie. Yes. She's great. That's it? Yep. All right. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you in every universe. 